Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 162 of Bass Lips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. East Justin Anderson, out west in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, home of uh, Saskatoon Berries. There, <laughs> saved it. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, how was your week? Uh, the week was good. Uh, we, we got snow this week so it's officially yep. winter in toontown um the olympic cur- curling trials started up are starting today here uh yeah that's right friend of the show devin haru is back in town saskatoon native he, him and colleen jones are covering that for cbc so i've been watching their adventures on twitter as they go around the city and he kind of takes around all the, all the sweet spots in yep. saskatoon but i know i'm probably gonna try and get out there for a a draw or two watch a few games and uh, yeah maybe i'll send devin a message and link up with him at some point but that'd be that'd be awesome it, yeah it'd be kind of it, we got we got devin on the show before he, he became this like, before he iconic. was super cool before it was super he was already cool, cool. <laughs> yeah exactly now he's like every, every, he's the international apple superstar devin haru yeah but um it's too bad we just can't find a way to bring him on the show without it being super contrived <laughs> because he doesn't really cover baseball anymore of any yeah. kind. So we can't really, we have him on only for the sake of having him on. But uh, shout out though to Devin Haru. You can follow him on uh, the Twitter uh, mm-hmm. and watch his uh, shenanigans with Colleen Jones, uh, former uh, Scott Tournament of Hearts winner. Is that not correct? Multiple. Yeah. Multiple. Multiple. So uh, before we get into all the goodies when it comes to baseball, uh, there's lots of news, exciting things, awards, uh, prizes, door prizes, whatever you want to call it. Um, all good stuff. And obviously the big news this week uh, with regards to uh, your favorite and my favorite, Jose Barrios. Uh, we'll get into that. But before we do, let's just chat for a little while. The first thing I guess we should do is just say, hey, if you like our stuff, at BFMD Podcast on Twitter, you can even type in bfmdpodcast.com into your web browser, and it will take you to our website. And you can check us out on all the usual haunts for podcasts, so Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and I'm sure there's a whole bunch more we're not even thinking of. Shout out to all of our fans in Regina, um because saskatchewan nice okay uh we took care of that uh let's talk about the new era in baseball there's a brand new team in mlb uh used to be known by one name now they're known as the cleveland guardians the era has begun how do you feel about the cleveland guardians justin anderson it's a better name than the old one. Uh, not a huge fan of the logo, but I mean, I don't have to cheer for them, so I guess I don't really care that much. Would be the best way to put it. I'm glad they changed the name. That's really the only thing that matters. Uh, bury, bury it all. Bury all that old shit uh, and never bring it up again. But why Guardians? Why such a stupid, like? Do you remember the Guardians from the Canadian TV show Reboot? Yeah, vaguely. I, I, that was, I was pretty young when I was watching that, so I do recall right, Reboot. Enough. But All right. I, I'll, all right. Let's just let's sidestep that for a minute then. I also dislike the logo and all that, but again, yeah, we don't have to root for them. Now, 
But now that they're the Cleveland Guardians, I'm I wonder what stopped them from using the spiders, the Cleveland spiders. That would have been way more interesting. Not sure. I wasn't in the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Welcome to MLB Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. Uh, of course, they retain. Game. They retain all of the history that is the previous Cleveland team, which means they haven't won a World Series since 1946. Oof. Uh, so go fuck yourself, Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, you'll find this interesting. I don't know. This might tickle a certain fancy of yours. I started watching the show Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Yellowstone. For those of you not familiar, it's a show that you can find on Amazon Prime. Uh, I actually don't know where else it airs. That's um, it. It's a amazon original oh really okay that's cool um the people on this show are absolute like everybody's a sociopath and nice half of the characters are murderers but there's something about the the, you know the montana setting and uh you know the horses and cows and all that other stuff that i find just very captivating it's very strange um any any words on yellowstone yeah, my girlfriend and I started watching it a while back, and we got distracted when all of the Marvel TV shows started coming out. Yeah, later this year, and then we haven't gone back to it yet. But I'd like to at some point. Lots give of it, like, everybody it, that I know watches it, so give it a watch. You got some time before the Book of Boba Fett comes out, so we there's got to rewatch The Witcher though, because that comes out in like three weeks. Shit, two. that's right. How yeah. many? How long until it comes out? I, I think it's like December the fifteenth or something. I have it somewhere because so it's crazy. My like my girlfriend and I were just talking about this last night and as we were talking about it her brother texts me at the same time season two of the witcher is being released on December 15th so we have about three weeks yeah I better get started I've already watched it like three times but I'll watch it the season once I've been reading the books I'm on the uh second to last one now what'll happen when you run out will you be sad no, I'll just read something it. else. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, fair enough. I don't really get sad when books are over. That's, that's, that's they're they're fine. I only have a certain amount of pages. The Deathly when I finished the Deathly Hallows, I was kind of bummed because I was like, "That's the end." That is the end. The end of the story. Yeah. Um, and then the movies kept going, and I was like, "All right, this is fine." And then when the movies ran out, I was kind of bummed again. It's like, <laughs> the story's over. Yes, sir uh not including that weird play the the curse harry potter and the cursed child or whatever i haven't seen whatever i haven't seen that yeah probably won't last thing i want to say um it's marvel related stuff and this is exciting for me because uh he's one of my favorite heroes there's some rumors floating around that maybe daredevil is coming back like the, Love t- the, show. the the Netflix TV version of Daredevil? The Charlie yeah, Cox, yeah, right? yeah. Charlie Cox returning to the role. I'm very excited. I won't get into spoilers or anything like that as far as where he might show up. But uh, it's exciting because that was a great TV show and it got killed, uh, you know, before it had its time to kind of shine. Um, disappointing, but, you know, it's all good. Daredevil coming back. Love it. Very excited to see it. He was actually the first mainstream superhero that had a physical disability mm-hmm. because he's blind. He's blind, yeah. Yep. Uh, very cool. But um, let's talk baseball. Justin yes. Anderson, you are driving the Batmobile today. Um, let's just kick it off with probably the best news of the year uh, in terms of awards. 
Yeah. Uh, on well, this whole week, this past week, the MLB was handing out awards. Started with Rookie of the Year. Our boy Alec Manoa finished eighth in the American League voting. Randy Rosarena from the Rays, unsurprisingly, won that one. Uh, great season for Manoa. If he would have been up for the full season, I think he would have had a. We would have definitely finished higher. Maybe not would have won, but obviously he has a a great future ahead of him. Um, Charlie Montoyo on Tuesday finished fourth in American League Manager of the Year voting. Rosarina's manager, Kevin Cash, unsurprisingly won that one as well, as he is a great manager on a very good Tampa Bay Rays team. Did you think that Charlie was going to finish top three, Patrick, or is fourth kind of where you expected him to be? Uh, I don't remember what the points ended up being, but I expected Charlie Montoyo to be in the top three. I believe he was a distant fourth. A a lot of the time, I kept forgetting, though, about uh, Dusty Baker the and Scott whole year. for the Mariners who yeah, so... managed a very poor team to an almost playoff spot. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, Montoyo, I see, I don't know. I know he took a lot of flack this year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of what appeared to be poor decisions. But whenever he made good decisions, uh, all those critics were quiet and never gave him any of the credit he deserved. So I don't know, man. I'm kind of, I'm satisfied. Uh, fourth is fine. Uh, I think the best is yet to come for this team. So I don't think he's too far away from getting a you know top three or maybe even a win. Uh, depends on how long Kevin Cash decides to manage, I guess. <laughs> yeah, very true. Or how long the Rays continue to draft and fleece people in trades for, which is going to be probably forever. Um, then on Wednesday night, our favorite left-handed pitcher from the past season, Robert Ray, the tightest pants in the league, won the American League Young Award, and it wasn't even close. Uh, Garrett Cole finished second. I don't remember who finished third because who cares? Robbie Ray won. Woo! Um, the free agent pitcher, lots lots was uh, discussed there. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about that later, but Young Award for Robbie Ray. If you put money on this, congrats, because <laughs> you would have made a pretty good little return on that. I saw a lot of people were posting their bets as far yeah. as uh, the money they put on Robbie Ray to win, and nobody was posting. It's it really annoying when you see stuff like that, because nobody ever posts their L's. <laughs> Instead, it's like it's always like, oh, I bet 100 on Robbie Ray to win the Cy Young back in July, and I won all this money, and it's like, yeah, how much other money did you bet on stuff that didn't happen? <laughs> Speaking of of betting of uh, posting your W's, I on Wednesday night I picked every NHL winner correctly and won twelve hundred dollars. So that was fun. Are you serious? Yeah, ten dollar bet turned into twelve hundred bucks. So I, I cashed you. out. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. Yeah. I want to find a way to harm you, to hurt you. That's rude, oh. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, so just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, that's I've awesome. Taking a lot awesome, of L's, dude. but I've only spent like $250 on betting this year. So. Well, there you go. So you're up a little bit of money. Up quite but, a lot of money. But on a more on a more serious <laughs> note, do you do you earmark that for something? Is there something in your you know, in it's, your life that you're... It's went to the savings account, which is going to go towards the down payment of our home, hopefully in the spring. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, a boring answer, but it's also it's my a, favorite answer. A very adult answer. Yeah, yeah it is. Very much so. Anyway. But, but still, <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Justin Anderson for winning a top load of money. A huge shout out to Robbie Ray. And huge, huge fucking shout out to Robbie Ray. 
Uh, he's only the fifth Toronto Blue Jay, well, fourth individual fourth. Blue Jay, yeah. fifth uh, Cy Young Award won by a Toronto Blue Jay player. Uh, of course, everybody remembers the back-to-back Roger Clemens, 97-98. Uh, it's still weird to me that he pitched for Toronto. Right. Uh, and, of course, Doc get it, got his dub. And then the other one was Pat Hankton, wasn't it? It was Pat, yep. Yeah, so Patty uh, and uh, and the boys there are joined by Robbie Ray. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the big award, man. Yeah, the big award. Uh, we we knew it was going to happen. Um, oh, also yep. Corbin Burns won the NL Cy Young in a controversial decision, in my opinion. I feel like yeah, I feel like that. Well. I think that the numbers that they used to determine that Robbie Ray won the Cy Young Award in the American League would have determined Zach Wheeler the Cy Young in the in the National League. But Zach, I'll say it. Zach Wheeler should have won. Yeah, he got robbed. Cy Young. Um, anyway, he got robbed big time. Um, MVP was Thursday night, and we we knew what was going to happen. We knew that Shohei Otani was going to win. What we didn't know is it was going to be unanimous. Uh, he was a unanimous Ooh. MVP. All thirty first place votes went to your boy Shohei. Vladdy collected, I believe, was it 29 second-place votes? I think somebody gave uh, Sal Perez a second-place vote. Um, and then Marcus Samin was firmly in the third place. So the Blue Jays had uh, two and three in the MVP award with Bo Bichette, Robbie Ray, and Teoscar Hernandez also gathering votes down the ballot as well. Um, five Blue Jays in the top 20, two in the top three, a 22-year-old finishing second in MVP award voting after a uh, breakout season for him. Crazy that he is likely only to get better, Patrick Marsh. Um, yeah. Curious now, though, that now that because people were kind of I, I saw a few people talking about this. Now that Shohei's kind of like set this precedent, does he have to have a better season next year than now? I don't know how how does he do that. <laughs> like it's, it's, called, it's called the Mike Trout effect. Eventually, yeah. you're desensitized to his perpetual to their greatness. greatness. Um, Fishman. Yeah, good. I think as long as uh, Otani puts up a season similar. Yeah. Uh, although the leash, or well, I guess it's not the leash. The the range with which he he can be worse is very very short. But if he yeah. is pretty much on equal terms with what he was able to perform this year, I don't see why he wouldn't be a, a MVP next year as well. Yeah, and let's not forget that his teammate, who you just talked about, the fish man, should be back at full health next year too, and will likely be uh, back up in his usual. Yeah, uh, MVP they, consideration. They just gotta dump that Anthony Rendon contract, and then, uh, which is impossible. Yeah, he's uh, stuck there. And then uh, have something more to complement uh, Cindergard, who signed with them for the one Angels year, and signing million. bad long-term contracts. Even more iconic duo. Um, Albert Pujols' contract was terrible, but what can you do? I think it was based on expectations, and then reality hit. Yeah, you break the brick wall. You break the brick wall. Anyway, um, yeah, great to see. Shout out to Albert Pujols, though. Yeah, Albert Pujols will be first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, for sure. He he, he deserves may... to get a hundred percent. He might. Yeah, I think he's more deserving than anybody else. So, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, Blue Jays finished really well in awards races. We had a lot of uh, inclusion and obviously one big win there. Uh, but in my opinion, Patrick, the biggest win of the week for the Blue Jays and their fans was a contract extension to one Jose Barrios, who will be in Toronto for seven more years. Obviously, he has one year of arbitration left. 
um, and they did extend him beyond that for another six years. So in total, it's a seven-year contract worth upwards of 131. I believe it has the potential to be about 141 if all bonuses are met. Um, that includes the 11 million that he'll make this year, plus another six years of about 20 million each after that. So he does have an opt-out after year five, which is around the same time that the Blue Jays could, in theory, lose control of Vladdy and Bo if they don't extend them before they hit free agency, which would be an absolute travesty. Um, but it's the longest contract given out. It ties Vernon Wells in terms of the length of contract. Uh, not the biggest uh, dollar value contract, because obviously George Springer's was a little bit, little bit more, but it's the biggest contract given to a pitcher since the A.J. Burnett deal in the mid-2000s. So uh, it's huge. That's all I can say about it. What are your thoughts like when you when you heard that the rumor was happening? What were your initial thoughts on that? I was thrilled. Yeah. As soon as we we traded for him, I did nothing but say extend how excited him. I was for this guy. <laughs> yeah, extend yeah. him. He's great. His stuff is incredible. He is one of if not the most durable. I was going to say that too. Yeah. Pitchers. Uh, I think he stacks up with the Scherzers of the world. Kershaw's, if you look at innings pitched in the last, I think it's three or four years. Yeah, did you know that his last IL stint was in the minor leagues in 2014, and he spent a minimum of, of 10 days on, or seven, sorry, I think it was seven days on the IL, and he came right yep. back off. <laughs> yep, uh, Barrios, it, he fits into this team like a glove. It was, and it has nothing to do with the fact that this team has uh, such an incredible amount of cultural diversity mm -hmm. it was that his skill set uh very much so complemented the other pitchers in the rotation because yeah. he's a righty and we had a lot of lefties mm -hmm. we had three lefty boys yep. so to go from facing ryu or facing ray to facing brios and then back to ryu or robbie ray or whoever was next Mm -hmm. going left right left like that um Barrios' stuff is very very deceptive uh he has an incredible uh array of pitches and he can get a little heat on his fastball I yeah like that. and as of now with Robbie Ray a free agent still he would be the opening day starter for the yep. Blue Jays um so that's that's huge to get to get a guy like him locked up through his age 34 season is is pretty incredible uh, not a lot of teams are wanting to give pitchers long-term contracts, say like longer than four or five years at this point, just because of durability. But I think looking at what Brios has done in his career, like you mentioned, just being incredibly durable, has never spent major league IL time in his career, which is insane. Um, yeah. Knock on wood. Uh, he's, he's, he's got a bet on for that. Um, there was a huge press conference when the Jays did announce this. I got to watch most of it. It happened over my lunch break for the most part, so it was good to hear uh, most of it. But Brios talked about how he was really looking forward to kind of go, getting to free agency next winter. But coming to Toronto, uh, eventually like the Blue Jays changed his mind. He said that some of the things that did that were the, the culture in the clubhouse. Obviously, it's a young team. You mentioned the multicultural and the diversity that we have. Obviously, the, they like to have fun playing baseball. He also said the attitude of the coaching staff. He like said that Pete Walker let him, he said he let me be Jose Barrios and just like gave me some tips and tricks, but basically said that he just kind of like let me do his, do my thing. Yeah. Uh, and he said that management made it very clear that they wanted him long-term. 
uh, from the moment that he was acquired via trade, and, and that worked hard to change his mind there too. Um, one other thing that I wanted to point out to Patrick that he cited was that the city of Toronto was a huge selling point for him and his family. He said that they feel safe. He said the food scene is great. And I think that's just like, just like the Blue Jays, Toronto is a very multicultural city. It's, always, it's one of the most multicultural cities in the world, if not the most. And I think that's a, a really big draw to, um, to a lot of players, right? Cause there's just a whole huge scene there. Um, but yeah, obviously the team's set up to win now for a long time. The core is intact. Vladdy, Bo, Springer, Manoa, Romano, Biggio all have the potential to be long-term fixtures. Adding Barrios to that only makes it stronger. I didn't even mention guys like Kirk or Gabe Mourinho or anyone else coming up. But the team is in maybe the best spot that it's ever been in terms of like young, uh, young talent. Doesn't it kind of feel like Barrios is on, on? He's been put on this track now. To he, eventually, he's going to become one of the most beloved pitchers I think our team has ever had. I feel I like he, right. he's on that track. Just based on like how he is as a person, from what we've seen, he's just a pretty humble guy, and I think that it's very endearing to the fans for sure. Yeah, people are gonna people are gonna love having him on this team for a long, long time. And yeah. I hope, uh, you know, I hope we do lock up our other young guns, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think it's coming. Probably not this year, but I think it's coming. Yeah. Um, one of the things that Ross Atkins said uh, really stood out to him was when Brios tipped his cap to the fans when he was coming off the field after his start. Not a lot of guys do that anymore, and he said that right away. He was like, yeah, this guy is, like, really appreciative of the fans, and we know that Blue Jay fans are pretty passionate. So anytime that you can have a player uh, acknowledge the the support that they've received is definitely goes a long way in uh, building the, I guess, the relationship and the desire to see them as a Blue Jay for a long time. So, um, yeah. <laughs> the catharsis this team experienced finally getting to play a fucking home game mm. in Toronto after basically uh, two a years year away. and a half long or two years uh, a perpetual road streak is ridiculous yeah the fact that our team still finished 91 and 71 uh despite mm-hmm. playing predominantly on the road the entire year i think is a testament to i think just how good this team is and now that they'll have the opportunity to take advantage of their home field i think i think the best is yet to come i would agree with that um yeah that's really all I all I have to all I have to say on Barrios. It's a it's an awesome extension for him and his family. Uh, he he cited that just having the security it's of ha- being in a place for seven years and having that money is just it's it's a life changing thing. So I think we get I think we get a lot of uh, we get distracted a lot by players kind of demanding a high salary like in free agency. Obviously Springer wanted what he got. Uh, Carlos Correa is going to want what he got. But at the end of the day, like these guys are not just looking for money for themselves they're looking to pay back their parents and their grandparents for all the all the work that went into getting them to where they are so i think that there's a lot more that goes into it and when you're a highly skilled athlete in the top 0.0001 percent of, of, of like athleticism and human race i think you deserve to be paid for it so yeah that's it anything else on brios before we move on it's worth saying no i know a lot of people probably saw this extension and thought oh fuck, we're probably not going to re-sign Robbie Ray. I would argue that this is actually the opposite because 
this isn't a free agent signing. This is a, uh, an extension, extension to a player yeah. that's already here. Their team was under no obligation to get this deal done now, but they saw what this guy has uh, and his character as a person, yeah. and they knew right away this is the kind of player that we want on this team. And I, I think just as much as uh, as they think that of Barrios, that they do think of that for Steven Matz and Robbie Ray as well. And I'm not, I would not be surprised if both of those guys do end up signing. I mean, I I wouldn't put money on it, but yeah, I, I think what I said last week or the week before, whenever it was we recorded last. You said 50-50, I said 70-30, Robbie mm-hmm. Ray resigns. I'd say it's a, about, it might be about 75-25 now. Really? Hmm. And I think, yeah. And I think, I still think Steven Matz, uh, I would put him at 50-50 at this point. Well, we'll talk about those two in, in a few minutes here. But uh, just want to go through quickly the deadline for, for putting players on the 40-man roster to protect them from... The Rule 5 draft in December was yesterday, Patrick Marsh. Hmm. The Blue Jays had some interesting, uh, really, choices to make. Before I get to that, I just want to give people a quick reminder on what the Rule 5 draft is. So basically, in each December, during the general managers, or the owners' meetings, excuse me, in Florida, uh, the Rule 5 draft allows clubs without a 40-man roster to select uh, certain non-40-man roster players from other teams. Uh, that goes in the reverse order of the standings from the previous season. So in order to be eligible for the Rule of Five draft, a player who was signed at age 18 or younger, so a lot of uh, international free agents, they need to be added to their club's 40-man roster within five seasons of, of like minor league service of service time. So guys like Vladdy, if he hadn't made the big leagues, he was signed at age 16 and would have had to be added last year when he was 21, just for as an example, or else he would have been a little bit to get picked by another team uh, players who are drafted or signed at the age of 19 or older. So a lot of college players, they have to be protected after four years of roster service time. And if clubs don't want to make a selection, they don't have to. Uh, those who do pick a player, they have to pay a hundred thousand dollars to the club that they selected that player from. Now this, the biggest stipulation of rule five draft picks is that they have to spend the entire next se- next season, so in this case the entire 2022 season, on their new team's 26-man Major League active roster. So the Jays did this with Elvis Luciano. They did it with Joe Biagini. Uh, those are a couple of recent Rule 5 picks for the Jays. Uh, and they have to play the entire year on the active roster or the Major League injured list if they do get hurt in order to be able to be kept if a team wants to remove that player, they put them on waivers, they have to be offered back to their previous team for $50,000. So let's say in this example that the Blue Jays lose a player and then they have to, they get $100,000 from the team that picked that player and the team that picked the player wants to send that player back, the Jays would have to pay $50,000. So um, basically you make 50 grand off this if you get the player back and then you can put them back to the minor leagues if you want to. Now, clubs can trade players left in the Rule of Five draft to avoid that $100,000 uh, transaction if they, if they choose to, but it doesn't happen a lot. Now, the Jays put four players on their 40-man roster yesterday. They put right-handed pitcher Hagen Donner, 
and Bowden Francis, along with lefty Zach Logue and infielder Leo Jimenez. They also made a claim. They claimed Sean Anderson, who's a right-handed pitcher off of waivers from the Padres, Patrick Marsh. So that's five new people added to the 40-man yesterday. They did leave some notables off their roster, and they still had a couple of spots left, so they're leaving their options open here. They left off, the most notable was infield outfielder Samad Taylor, who I'll talk about in a second. They left off infielder Miguel Geraldo, infielder Colin Large, outfielder and former shortstop Logan Warmoth, starting pitchers Joey Murray, Sean Weimer, Eric Pardino, and relief pitcher Graham Spraker. Now, a couple guys that I want to talk about here before I get your input. Um, Hagen Donner was a catcher when he was drafted by the Blue Jays. He was actually just converted to a pitcher this season, and he put up some solid numbers with high A Vancouver, and the Jays obviously saw enough to add him to their 40-man roster. He's a guy who pitched in relief only. Um, Bowden Francis came from Milwaukee in the Ruddy Telez trade. He was shaky at times with AAA Buffalo and did struggle with the long ball, but obviously, again, the Jays do see him as a potential bullpen filler in 2022. Zach Logan, who's a lefty, and you know, we all know how I feel about left-handed pitchers. I love him. He was great in AAA for Buffalo. Uh, he does a great job of limiting walks. He strikes out a batter per inning and doesn't give up home runs either. Um, Leo Jimenez is a uh, middle infielder, classic Blue Jay, who walks more? He walks actually more than he strikes out. He walks about 21% of the time and only strikes out under less than just under 15% of the time. He appeared in 54 games for low A Dunedin, and he had had a uh, 315, 517, 381 slash. He's a huge contact hitter. He's only 20 years old, so the power could develop still. The last guy they added was Sean Anderson. He has 65 games of MLB experience. 16 of them were starts. He has he did pitch full-time in relief this past year. He saw time with the Giants, uh, his first big league team. The Twins, Orioles, and Padres, he all pitched for this past season. He bounced around a little bit, not unlike hard boy Trevor Richards, who pitched on three teams, including the Blue Jays this year. His career numbers aren't great, but he has that classic uh, analytics, huge spin rate on his fastball and slider. And he could be another trademark Pete Walker special in the bullpen for the Blue Jays next season. What are your thoughts on the guys that they protected, Patrick? Any uh, any shockers on the protect list before we talk about guys that they left off? I was happy to see uh, Leo Jimenez mm-hmm. uh, get at it. I think there is something there. Uh, really excited to see what he does next year. Yeah. Uh, I think he could end up being very interesting uh as a future second baseman uh especially if, if we can have him have leadoff contact ability i would love that yeah his on base skills were great 517 yep. this year on base percentage that's elite that's um very good it, yeah he'll get a promotion i'd like to see what he can do in double a he'll be in high a probably to start the year but yeah he could be double a yeah. at some point i would imagine yeah i i'd like to see that uh mm-hmm. i'm not mm-hmm. surprised with the others uh Bowden francis Let's see what he does for a full year under the Blue Jays banner. Yeah. Let's see what he does. Um, the Sean Anderson, I his numbers didn't really impress me, so I'm I, I'm just confused. He's a guy that might be almost like the like a Joel Payamps type, where he'll probably be placed back on waivers at some point. They'll send him to the complex in Florida, and he'll probably like 
they'll see him work out a few times and they throw some bullpens and then they'll decide what they want yeah. to do with him, right? Well, like we got him, we got him for nothing, which is absolutely fine. nothing. Like, yeah, yeah. So like, the, let's let's see. Yeah, let's see where this goes. But uh, I was really happy to see that. Uh, I'd say the biggest thing for me, the biggest W, was Jimenez. Mm-hmm. I agree. Their commit, their commitment to continuing to bolster the middle infield, I think, is going to pay off in dividends uh in a fairly significant way in about two years or three years time when we have an absolute disgusting log jam that's just gonna (laughs) it's gonna create we're gonna have such a deep uh pool for prospects that we'll trade for any gap that we have on our team yeah Uh, and that's that's it i only came across hagen donner like mid-season i started to take a look at some of the numbers for my league is it took me a second to actually figure out that he was a converted catcher because I was like, this guy's 23, but it says he was drafted in 2017. Like, where's he been? This is, this is the only year with pitching stats. And then I realized that fan graphs had the separate, they have batting and pitching on separate page. So I was like, Oh yeah, I flipped back and he was, a, he was not a good hitter. He was not a very good offensive catcher. Um, but this year he he pitched pretty well. He had a two oh two ERA. The the FIP and the XFIP were a bit higher, but uh he struck out more than ten batters per nine innings in twenty five appearances. So that was with high A Vancouver. Like he didn't even debut in Dunedin, he went straight to Vancouver. So a guy who's twenty two or actually sorry, just turned twenty three at the end of September. He's a guy who could uh rocket up the minor league system as a as a bullpen arm. So I thought it was interesting they protect him. I don't know how risky it would have been to leave him exposed, but you never know. Other teams may have saw something that the Blue Jays also apparently see in him. Um, looking Let's at the guys, about some of these these guys who didn't get protected. I'm yeah. actually like some of these names are shocking. Yeah, so I have a whole thing written up here on this. <laughs> um, Samad Taylor is obviously the big one, right? That that you want to talk about. Uh, he was so good for the Fisher Cats, Patrick. His his slash line of 294. 385 OBP and a 503 slug were great. Not to mention that he did have 16 dingers and 30 stolen bases in 87 games. What I see when I saw his name left off, first of all, I was like, what the fuck? But then I thought about it for a second and I was like, wait, he's probably being dangled as trade bait. Um, Due to the fact that the Blue Jays do have, again, a lot of middle infield depth and obviously Aurelvis Martinez had such a great year. He's probably surpassed taylor in terms of future value for the organization um but i was i was pretty shocked to see him left off because even if he is traded he can still be added to the roster like uh, it was then if you trade him then he's gone kind of thing but i think that they're really leaving him exposed for for trade bait and i mean obviously a team like pittsburgh arizona or baltimore would likely be a team that would take him i think he might go like he could be one of the top 10 picks in the in the rule five draft just based on the year that he had so it was a bit of a shock for me. I I don't understand that. I I hate the trade bait thing. I hate it. <laughs> I under like I understand it. Uh, doesn't mean I have to like it, and I definitely don't. Yeah. Uh, it, it just kind of seems like a. I don't know. I yeah, just don't well, get it. I guess we'll see what happens in the next few weeks here. Um, that was really the only one that I was kind of peeved about them leaving off uh, logan warmouth has really tumbled uh, a first round pick in 2017 he was drafted as a middle infielder meaning a shortstop 
but he's been inconsistent. He actually moved to the outfield full-time this year, and he ha- he has a 97 WRC plus in Buffalo this year. Uh, played all three outfield positions, only made two errors uh, all season, but he hadn't really shown enough to be included on the 40-man roster. Um, he's kind of a toss-up for me, whether he gets Rule 5. I mean, this is the same teams I mentioned above, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Baltimore, would be the likely takers. Maybe even a team like the Rockies uh, might take him too because they're kind of a dumpster fire right now. But out of the others, I don't really see a huge risk. Uh, Eric Pardino is an interesting name, but the fact that he pitched him three innings only last year because he was still recovering from Tommy Johns and he just pitched those three innings at the end of the season, there'd be yeah. no chance of him spending a full season on an active roster. Even though he is definitely going to rocket up the prospect rankings mm-hmm. as as the years roll he by, he won't get claimed. He's not going to get claimed because he's still only twenty he's only years 20, old. He's yeah. not going to get. He's not going to get Elvis Luciano. No, um, he's, he doesn't have any uh, any pitching really this season. Like like I said, three innings in the and he was just in the complex league. He wasn't even with like the in the, in the actual system. Yeah, just a a, a series of awful awful yeah. situations for him he's only pitched seven innings in the last three seasons mm-hmm. but again remember everybody he's only 20 yeah. so that means that he was pitching in 2019 when he was uh, he was in rookie ball as a 17 year old in 2018 yeah he was just a baby and then he yeah. was in in lansing when he got uh, hurt <laughs> yeah so yeah um yeah, he's just a he's just a, a kid. Yeah, he has uh, ninety still... innings in his minor league career so far. So, yeah, and the numbers look great. Um, I would say he's a guy. It's it is notable, but at the same time, the risk reward to claiming him, you'd have to be a team that you know already is going to lose a hundred games, if not more. Like I would only if I was Baltimore or who else lost like more than hundred games. Uh, the Diamondbacks and the Pirates. Mm, if I was, I might take a flyer on Eric Pardino if I was the Pirates, knowing that I'm probably going to lose 100 games again. But even then, it's still very high risk, high reward because he's dealt with the injuries. Um, yeah, other than that, like it'd have to be a team that you know is going to lose 100, 110, 120 games. Um, and it just doesn't matter what happens. He's not going to get Luciano though. It won't happen. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think uh, it'll be Samad Taylor and Logan Warmoth, and I think Warmoth will go to the Pirates, and I think Samad Taylor. Who is the other? Uh... Actually, Samad Taylor would be a good pick for the Pirates because they you do have pick a very anybody. Deep <laughs> yeah, actually, um, it depends on who picks first, but I actually think Samad Taylor might get picked up by the Pirates. Yeah, I could see him going pretty early if, if he hasn't been traded yet at that point. Yeah, um, Maybe he's going to get traded for Jose Ramirez. Maybe? I don't know. Um, <laughs> last thing I want to talk about today, we'll do this, we won't take too long doing this, just kind of going through some of the latest kind of free agency <clears throat> and, and rumors for the Blue Jays here. Um it's, it's reported by Robert Murray of Fansided, who says he has a source. Whether that's true or not, I'm not really sure who Robert Murray is. But he says that the Jays are still in talks with Robbie Ray and Steven Matz. He did note that his source said that Matz could sign a deal with a team pre-U.S. Thanksgiving, which is this coming Thursday. Um, Ray, Ray's camp has said that he's been in talks with the Jays, quote, on a daily basis, end quote. During the Cy Young Award uh, ceremony, Robbie Ray is asked about the current free agent uh 
kind of goings on. And he said that he does. I love Toronto, but my family and I are enjoying the free agency process and enjoying learning about other cities. End quote. Any thoughts on that, Patrick? Can we read into that at all? Uh, you you were you you told me that you didn't think he was coming back, and then just earlier in the show you said it's seven now seventy five twenty five that he is. So you're flip flopping, my friend. I know, I'm flip flopping <laughs> like fish. You're such an emotional boy. I think it's the <laughs> the way that he answered the question. It's the words, not his inflection when he said it. Yeah, it's typical negotiation. It's tactics. that's just what people say. Yeah, so. Um, I still think he's coming back. Uh, his answer was just a boilerplate answer. My knee-jerk reaction was very negative and sad. Um, but the more that I I think about it, the more I think we can say if you had to pick a favorite to sign Robbie Ray at this point, it would be. It certainly wouldn't be anybody else in our division, uh, other than us. I yeah. think it's yeah agreed um yeah i just i i think it's us i i think he'll i think he will resign steven matt is interesting because we could live without him but living with him is a much more fortuitous situation uh especially if he serves as our number five yeah that would be that'd be ridiculous although i guess he would slot in right now at number four not number five that's right because it would go Let's say let's say they do re-sign Robbie Ray and Steven Matz, and Marcus Tamin is the odd man out, and he's the one that we don't re-sign. That means number one, Robbie Ray. Number two would have to be Jose Barrios. Number three would be Alec Manoa. Number four, Hunjin Ryu, and number five, Steven Matz. Okay, maybe yeah, maybe Matz would be the number five guy if Robbie Ray and Steven Matz both re-sign. Yes. Yeah. Now, if we get Steven Matz and not Robbie Ray, that's still a pretty good rotation it's a good top four yep but with robbie ray um and no steven Matz, it's it's one of the best five rotations in baseball i would say that's not uh, not wrong yeah <laughs> yeah um other... i mean we did have an elite rotation when the season ended very true yeah um and and other rumors have the jays linked to kevin gosman that's per uh, mlb.com's uh John J.P. Morosi, a uh, great dude himself. I love that guy. Uh, he's coming off a terrific season, Kevin Gosman, with the Giants, Patrick. Uh, just like Jose Barrios, he pitched in 192 innings and was worth nearly five war, according to Fangraphs, 4.8. He's going to be likely looking for a similar term and salary as Robbie Ray. They're, they're right around the same age as each other. Um, look, probably looking for a four- to five-year deal. A righty. Kevin Gosman kind of took a little bit longer to develop into his career, but obviously something clicked with the Giants this season. His and last three years, he's been getting progressively better. That's right. Yeah, I and, took a uh, deep dive earlier. <laughs> yeah, and although the num- the number of starts is way up, mm-hmm. uh, when you know when we saw him in 2017 as a starter, uh, he Baltimore. was yeah yeah he was uh, average slash below average. Uh, and then he had a good year split between uh, Baltimore and Atlanta, and then he got split between Atlanta. He's kind of a journeyman now, I guess. A little bit. I mean, you you look at uh, you look at his like innings pitch numbers and that, and pretty consistent. Uh, twenty nineteen, he battled a little bit of injury, but obviously with the short season in twenty twenty, he pitched only sixty innings, but 
for his career, I mean, the numbers look pretty good to me. Uh, the walks are low. The home runs are below average. Uh, the strikeouts are up the past three years, over 10. Um, what would nine. you pay him? What would you pay him? I, if you were, I, let's say you were honestly, in Ron Honestly, I, I think he's a very similar deal to um, uh, a little bit more than, I'd say, a little bit more than Ryu, because Ryu was a 4 and 80 for an older pitcher. I would yeah. put Gosman at like a 4, 4 100. Or like five one ten somewhere in there. Well, it's it's got to be one or the other. If we don't sign yeah. Robbie Ray, it's got to be yeah uh, Kevin Gossman. If it's and if we're not getting both. Yeah, and again, I'm not really certain how deep the talks are because obviously teams talk to every free agent for the most part. So, but but Gossman's definitely one of the top pitchers available, and, and the fact that he's not thirty seven or thirty eight like Scherzer and Verlander, who signed with Houston again for one year um mm, yeah 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 uh but yeah i mean it seems that the jays are really prioritizing pitching they've already extended barrios and they're really in talks with with their two guys ray and 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 mats and obviously gosman so i would put money on the first free agent signing for the blue jays to be a starting pitcher and then they'll look to address maybe the, the infield and the second base situation with samin and third base but internally they still have Kevin biggio um i know you and I have a little bit differing opinions on Biggio. I side with Ross Atkins on this. Uh, he voiced a, a lot of confidence in Biggio during, during the uh, GM meetings last week. He said that he believes that Biggio will bounce back after being injured for most of the season. And he said that uh, Kevin's an option both at second and third base, depending on other, what other moves the team makes this winter. I, for one, I'm glad to hear that because I have a Biggio jersey and... I also really like the guy. <laughs> I think that he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be fine. He'll bounce back after a year uh, of just like terrible luck and, and injuries, um, and that would really fix a lot of the issues. If if Samin doesn't resign, he could go back to second base, hopefully, and you could also have you could always have an Espinal type playing a lot of third base uh, if they don't make a trade for a guy like Ramirez or sign a third baseman in free agency. It's Kevin Biggio gives you a lot of flexibility is, is kind of what I like about him the most. I don't feel the same about Biggio, but I'm not, I don't know. This isn't the time. I I, 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 need, I want to see more from it. I want to see more yeah. from him. I think, okay. I think this season will do a lot. If he, obviously if he's bad, then I'll eat crow, but um, I, I feel like he'll bounce back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that or not. But we'll we'll have to wait to see. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, if we swing and miss on everybody in free agency, I think we can... I think Bidjo's a pretty good fallback. <laughs> yep, I'm pretty comfortable with that. I yeah. would say, I think our priority has to be pitching. Um, I agree. It was don't forget the, the bullpen reason either. why we didn't make the playoffs was mm-hmm. definitely that. So, not the end of season bullpen, but the mid season bullpen, just to clarify. Yeah, the mid season bullpen really. The May and June bullpen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Last thing before we wrap up for today, Patrick, uh, and thanks for reminding me about this before the show. um, Pete Walker was on the fans' morning show and had this to say about Nate Pearson. Once he's 100%, which I really feel he's going to be this year, I think we're going to see a different. Nate Pearson, end quote. Mm. Uh, Big Nate had the uh, sports hernia surgery 
uh, a couple of weeks ago now and is now rehabbing and is expected to be 100% and full Ooh. go for spring training. He battled through that injury. He was getting the cortisone shots and uh, and pitching through it in the bullpen at the end of the season and was pitching quite well for the most part. A couple of shaky outings, but definitely flashed that potential that we all know he has when his fastball was touching 102 in a couple of appearances. Um, Nate's an interesting internal candidate for that fifth starter slash opener role. We talked about a couple episodes ago, I believe, that it'd be interesting to see Nate Pearson and Ross Stripling kind of piggyback on each other in like that fifth starting slot. You could have Nate go three or four like the Rays did with Luis Patino this season and then have Stripling go three or four behind him as a bridge to the bullpen. So it, it's an interesting uh, interesting prospect to have a 100% healthy Nate Pearson, who I think a lot of fans kind of forget about right now. And he's a guy that, if he does put it all together in 2022, could be like... I don't want to say like comeback player of the year, but a very he could be, he could win rookie of the year technically. Um, yeah, he could be very good. Um, yeah, I think Nate Pearson is definitely a candidate for uh, you know certainly a roster spot for us. I don't yeah. know about rotation. I don't know if the sun is set on that necessarily, but if they do end up pursuing and are successful in re-signing. Uh, more than one of Robbie Ray, Stephen Matz, Kevin Gossman, uh, and I don't think we have any other pending free agents on our team. It kind of puts the team in a difficult situation where it's like guys like Ross Stripling and Nate Pearson might have to compete to get the opportunity to start. Although we did see with injuries, there was a healthy dose of uh, opportunities for guys do spot starts i mean at one point i think we had anthony k doing spot starts so yeah <laughs> i think um boy imagine having the embarrassment of riches to the point where your number five guy is steven Matz, and you pay you may end up paying 11 million a season for him yeah you might to be your number five guy hey man it's uh a different situation than we were in at the beginning of the season when tenor Rowark and uh our boy Jake Wegus pack were in the rotation. Yeah, and, and you know what? That Jacob seems like Wagus years pack, ago. <laughs> Jacob Wagus pack may actually be a player who gets uh, an opportunity. He definitely earned it in Buffalo. Uh, he may get the opportunity to to have meaningful innings again in Toronto. He'll, you know, let's see what kind of spring he has. I'm not saying he'll be in the rotation, but he may be a solution to the bullpen problem rather than investing money and signing, you know guys to like a one or two year deal worth 12 million uh like what i had suggested last year maybe guys like waggis pack fill the role of uh you know those stop gap starters or long relief guys that uh, we ended up needing yep uh down the stretch so i don't know i feel like as long as we get one of ray Matts, and kevin gossman i think this team is fine like it's pitching will be just as good because don't forget Alec Manoa is not going anywhere Jose Barrios isn't going anywhere Juan Ryu is not going anywhere although he has more to prove and that's 60% of a rotation mm-hmm, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean do you know what I mean and Stripling can certainly start and then like like Pete Walker said Nate Pearson is an option so like we would not we wouldn't be in a lot of trouble if we didn't get any of those three guys, but you can kind of see how if we get one, 
we're in very good shape. If we get two, we have one of the best rotations in baseball. Yeah, um, we'll have to take a on, look on paper. On paper, we'll have to take a look at the relief pitching options too in, in free agency in coming episodes because obviously the rotation is at this point we've got three big pieces of it in uh, Burrios, Ryu, and Manoa. Uh, one more good piece, like we've, like you've just said, would would make it a great rotation. And then if you get two more, obviously, yeah, I, I agree, it'd be it would be elite. Uh, and then you can then you can address the bullpen and the infield. It's crazy to think that the outfield doesn't really need addressing, right? Because you've got you've got Springer in center, you've got Teoscar Hernandez in right, and you've got Gurriel in left. And then you've got Randall Grichuk as the the fourth guy. That's been an area that we've looked at as an area of weakness in the past, and I I, I don't think it is anymore. So. It's one less thing to worry about. But yeah, uh, man, this team, this team is, you know, it was a very frustrating end of the year. But don't mm. sleep on the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, and I think the Yankees are going to be a team that we're going to have to uh, worry a lot less about because they're about to become completely hamstrung when it comes to money. If they end up spending a shit ton of money this summer, they won't be able to re-sign. Aaron Judge, because they have way too much money on the books, and yeah, even right, if too. there is no salary cap in baseball, the amount of luxury taxes, uh, yeah, ownership's not willing to pay that for a long yeah, time. Eventually, there's diminishing returns as far as uh, you know having to pay for all of this. So, yeah, I expect the Yankees to be pretty quiet for a while, and then. Probably you probably won't see them, uh, you know, um, sign a guy like Ray or Gossman or Stephen Matz. Could you imagine though getting to see Stephen Matz, uh, like say he signs with the Yankees? <laughs> interesting. <laughs> it would be very interesting indeed. But anyway, that's uh, I think that's it for us this week, Patrick. We had a lot of stuff. We covered a lot. Uh, we'll see. Like uh, the Samad Taylor thing is still baffling to me, but we'll see how it shakes out over the next couple of weeks here before the meetings. Maybe there's something to brew in that we don't know about yet. But uh, we'll uh, we'll be back with another episode uh, hopefully next weekend. We still have to do our our offensive grading at some point. We'll get to that. Don't you worry. And with the Arizona Fall League uh, wrapping up today is the championship game, and the uh, the Blue Jays prospects are actually in the championship game. So hopefully we'll get some some Gabe Mourinho bombs tonight, but we'll do a full farm report now that that minor league season will be officially over in coming weeks as well too. We'll recap the the performances of the uh, Blue Jays affiliates, take a look at players who stood out, players maybe who didn't stand out, who we hoped would, and we'll talk about some guys who are going to shoot up the rankings and hopefully push for a spot in the upper system in the coming seasons. But uh, for Patrick Marsh, out in Halifax, I'm Justin Anderson in Saskatoon. We'll see you next time.